We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating where we dig into the why, why, whys of why people do the things that they do. And a lot of times it's just getting to the root of people's motivation, right? Like instead of us trying to read each other's mind, we actually ask the question, why? Why are you doing this? Why do you think this way? And that's how we get our answers. This week has been an emotional roller coaster for me, Julie. I think this news about Chadwick Bozeman has hit hard mm. just because I think a lot of it is one, I had no idea that he was battling cancer. I, I don't right. think many people did, but he was also diagnosed when he was my age, 39. I, I just can't believe someone of he appeared so healthy, he appeared so lively, that he was battling something so dark. 
that nobody knew about. It's just you just don't ever know what anyone is going through, which I think has been the other big moral of this whole podcast too, right? It's like beyond just the why, it's like you have to have a little forgiveness for people too because you just mm-hmm. don't ever know someone's situation. It breaks my heart that his wife was by his, his side when this happened and made me think about, you know, at the beginning of relationships and dating, all the games people play and all the like, oh, did he text me back and why does she do this? End of the day, none of these things matter. Nothing matters. Exactly. Like if you're the first person or you're whatever, like who cares? Who cares? I think I've been actually been a bit more active on dating apps this week, which has been good. I think a couple of weeks ago I said I was ready to start to try to meet people again. And I actually have had the most luck on Tinder. I haven't activated Tinder in years, but I was like, eh. You might as well see what's out there, right? <laughs> and I've actually had some like pretty solid convos with people on Tinder. But the reason I'm bringing this up is one of those convos I felt like really good about. Like we, mm. like it just kept going back and forth. Like it got to the point that I was like, okay, I'm like getting distracted from work. Like I need to like cut this and wow. continue it another day. Like we were just going back and forth. So I gave him my, I was like, oh, if you want to like reach out via text, like here's my number, you know, like try to like move it along outside of the app. So he like texted me immediately. And just so I had his number and all that. And then I think this was like Tuesday. And I hadn't really heard anything from him since. So I'm like, you know what, like, fuck it. I'm just gonna like send him a message, see how his weekend's been or whatever. And then no reply, which, you know, it's, it's one of those things. The reason I bring it up is because I know a lot of people on our Facebook group have things like this happen all the time. Like we see it all the time. This is part of modern dating. At the end of the day, it's, it's how how do you process it? How does it affect your mindset? Mm. And why I'm bringing it up too is I have no idea what's going on in this person's life. I talked to him for what? A couple hours, if even, you know, it's like not, it wasn't even a couple hours. It was maybe like an hour max, right? It's like, you just don't know. And I can choose to take it offensively or I can choose to move on. Like in reality, Reality, this guy knows nothing about me either. And I don't regret reaching out because it's like one of those things that it's like, I'm not going to keep doing it now, right? It's like, you did it once, didn't get the response you wanted. Now it's time to move on to someone that shares that response. Yeah, you have to understand that it takes two to tango. And if you're trying to force someone else to dance with you, it'll never work out. So instead of dwelling on the why me mentality, the victim mentality, you have to say like, if, if I'm stepping forward and the other person doesn't take a step forward to meet me, then I, I have the choice to leave this dance. Exactly. I don't need to be part of this. Exactly. But it's also good to step forward. I think a lot of people don't step forward. And a lot of it's like, oh, the man should do that. Or, you know, I don't want to come off too overeager, whatever like that is. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, like tying it back to what you were saying, none of this shit matters. <laughs> like, no. it doesn't matter who messages first, as long as you're getting that, that reciprocity. I think that does matter. If you're not getting that back, and you're always the one initiating, and you're always the one doing that, that is a different story than not being so tit for tat on who makes the first move. It's kind of similar to our episode last week with the TikTok couple. And we had that conversation on our Facebook group where people really admired these two for both taking a step forward one step at a time, but also meeting each other where the other person wants them to be. And I think that takes a lot of courage these days because it's that, you know, like you always talk about the relationship chicken is everyone's so afraid to take that mm-hmm. step forward. And therefore you become, you, you get to a standstill 
And what do you do at that point? There's no, you can't move forward. And I also experienced this in my own relationship. Even though I am in a committed monogamous relationship, there's still that hesitancy to step mm-hmm. forward for your partner, to show up for your partner because you don't want to get your feelings hurt. There's pride that stands in a way. And in the last week that my boyfriend and I went away to celebrate our two-year anniversary, it became like couples retreat for us because we had to talk about some of the ways that we weren't showing up for each other. And it became so clear to me that my uh, my pride standing in the way of giving him all of me is also stopping him from oh, committing yeah. farther to me, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a vicious cycle that we have to break out of. And I learned so much from this past week of just having the courage to go and step forward and to give it all you've got. I think that's so important that you say that for a couple of reasons. And I want to hear all about the <laughs> anniversary. I've been waiting to not ask you until we talked. <laughs> but before I like ask you the details as much that you'll share, of course, but I think a couple things that you said I do want to like kind of hit home is that it doesn't stop in early stage dating. No. And we actually have an amazing episode this week all about just like, you know, the dating behavior that holds you back. And I think one of the things that one of our, we have two guests, they're from 51 First Dates, another podcast that we've also been on. And they, it started as a dating experiment. And it really was all about how to understand one of the um, hosts, Kimmy, her dating behavior. And her friend Liza, she is actually in a committed relationship. And we asked her, like, why are you so interested in this stuff? And her response was, The same shit shows up, the same like challenges that people have, whether you're in early stage dating or you're with a monogamous partner, the only difference is that you have to have difficult conversations with someone you had a one night stand with versus your partner. Mm. Like it Mm -hmm. just, it shifts the person. But if you don't do the inner work and like learn how to communicate and do all that, then it doesn't just magically go away when you find a partner. So... But now I want to hear about the the lovely couple's um, anniversary. That's so exciting. <laughs> two years. Two years is crazy. I think there are two major milestones in a new relationship. Once at six months and once at two years. Six months, you're just solidifying the relationship, building mm-hmm. a foundation. And at two years is where real shit happens. That's oh, when yeah. you're like, are we doing life together or are we, did we just have two years of a honeymoon together? And we definitely came to that this week. I think I had so many, you know, I love to procrastinate and I, there were so many conversations I wanted to have with him that I was saving for this week, <laughs> which is the wrong way to do it because mm. after a few drinks, it all comes out at once. And he's like, whoa, where did all this come from? I'm like, I've been saving it for a whole month, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's that's the problem with with not continuing to, to communicate with your partner on a regular basis is that you build up and then you save it all for one time. So that was lesson number one. But I think the lesson number two I got, I, I learned about myself was I am so guilty of CGS, cool girl syndrome. And it, and that's something we talk about with, in this episode with Kimmy and Liza, which is like that uh, sometimes when you're so independent and the society tells you to be the cool girl, you end up sacrificing your own needs just to 
give off this portrayal of a cool girl. Like nothing matters. It's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with everything. I'm so easygoing. And I think it's been really detrimental for me on a just mental health level is that I've been just hiding all of these feelings or not letting them be known because I just want to give off the portrayal that I'm just really easygoing. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. a cool girl. So I'm completely guilty of that. And this week we've definitely talked about what my needs are, what his needs are. And I'm just really happy to say that I'm more in love with him than I've ever been. This is the closest I've ever felt with someone. And I'm just very grateful to have him in my life. But it took a lot of conversations to get there. That's the thing, though. It's like, I mean, we go, we dive into this in the episode is when you play the cool girl, it doesn't actually bring people closer. <laughs> like, no. it is these vulnerable, tough conversations when things, I mean, we, we've learned this from past experts we've talked to, too. I remember Alexandra Solomon, Dr. Alexandra Solomon said it wonderfully. It's like, conflict in a relationship is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have any conflict, it probably means that someone's just holding it in. Mm-hmm. or the relationship isn't deep enough to warrant conflict. Yeah. So I think it's really like when you are able to just have those difficult conversations, it's either, you know, it's a win-win in either way. It brings you closer, like you were just saying, or it can make it really clear that you're on different pages. And that isn't a bad thing either. It's better mm-hmm. to not be in denial and like thinking something is going a certain way if it's clearly not. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you felt closer. I think that's wonderful. I'm glad that you guys had those conversations. But yeah, this shit doesn't stop after you get the relationship. Like, you know, the movie credits, like the way the movies work, the girl gets the guy, guy gets the girl, guy gets the guy, whatever it is. And then it's over there. No, yeah, it does not stop there. Actually, (laughs) it's like, you know, people who want to have kids, and then they have kids, and then there's just a whole other bag of issues. It's like life never stops giving you conflict and problems. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, nothing stops. So get this, though. <laughs> <laughs> the universe works in very strange ways. So we went to Central Coast. Not many people go there, or at least that we know of. And we're in downtown Slow, uh, San Luis Obispo. And we're about to get dinner and we walk by this table and I'm like, holy shit, this guy looks so familiar. Like who, why does he look so familiar from far away? And as we get closer, it is my fucking ex-boyfriend from four years ago. Yes. Wait, what? Yes. (laughs) With his wife and his brother. Okay, someone I I know or no? Someone, so the guy I dated very first, like the very first guy I dated in San Francisco, but then I moved to San Francisco and we broke up. Okay. I, I never yes. met him, but I know who you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Wow. I have not seen him since we <laughs> broke up four years ago. And I never, I mean, it was amicable, but also like I have not seen him and we both live in San Francisco. What are the chances <laughs> that we run into each other in downtown slow? So uh, so I'm like telling my boyfriend, like, this is really crazy. What a small world. That is my ex-boyfriend with his now wife and his uh, brother who I've, I've met before too. And he's like, uh, guess what, babe? I think we're going to sit right next to them. As they're cleaning, <laughs> as the waiter is cleaning that table right next to them. Oh like, my shit, God. You know? like, this is like at in this a point, rom-com. It is in, in a in a calm. I wouldn't say it's a rom at all. And I just kept thinking, like, should I go over there? Should I say something? Isn't it weird if I just don't say something and I yeah. sit right next to them? 
So, of course, chances would be that I we get seated right next to them and I go up to them. And, you know, at this point, like I have a mask on. OK, and I've not seen this guy in four years. So I go over and I'm like, hey, like to him and his brother. And they both look at me like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Okay, but it gets even more awkward, Julie, because, oh you know, I haven't, I have not been around people in a few months, except for my coworkers, that I forgot how to be social. You've been the with most friends. You know, I don't need to be like, hey, guys, That's around true. my own friends. This is an ex-boyfriend I haven't seen in four years. In true awkward UA fashion, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I'm wearing my mask and I give him a hug. Oh, God. What am I doing? I'm like, it's, <laughs> he's probably like, get away from me because well, in, in front of his wife, too, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's Yue. And he's like, oh, as I'm reaching out to hug him. Oh, my God. And this I is do so the, uncomfortable. I'm feeling so uncomfortable, uncomfortable. I'm not even there. <laughs> and I can just see his wife being like, what the fuck is she doing? Who is she? <laughs> and it finally clicks for him and his brother. They're oh like, oh, Yue, great to see you. You know, but why the fuck are you hugging us during COVID times? <laughs> I don't understand. But then it gets even more awkward because we're having like small talk, whatever. And I'm like, that's my boyfriend right there. So oh I introduce God. him. And they, the, the ex and the brother, both go over and shake his hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so awkward. I'm like so uncomfortable just listening to it. <laughs> so this is so cringy on just in hindsight. But I cannot imagine how much cringier it is for both my boyfriend and the wife. You know, yeah, for, like, I feel like don't touch me. <laughs> Like, I don't even want to touch my friends, yet alone my ex's new, like, significant other. I definitely don't want to touch that person. I am so guilty for starting this cringy train that I could no longer stop, and it just oh kept rolling. God. And I didn't know, I didn't know how to make this nightmare end. It was very, very awkward, oh, wow. but it's, it's fine. I mean, I, I don't have any ill will for him. Yeah. It was actually really great to see him. His wife is lovely. I've always liked his brother. It's just, what are the chances of running into this? in downtown slow in the middle of covid <laughs> i just can't believe he didn't like recognize you like that's like i get that you were in a mask yeah. but still like that's like do you think he just like didn't want to like you know like he's like i'm with my new wife or whatever or new wife but i'm with my wife <laughs> with my new wife but you know what i mean like Who i just know i don't know i feel like if you dated someone wouldn't you remember them like <laughs> It's a little suspect to me. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, who, I mean, who knows, right? Like, yeah. The whole thing was just a little, a little unexpected. Also, it was out of context. You know, if it was in San Francisco, maybe, but yeah, it was so I'm sure out of that context. Was a piece. Like, I actually ran into one of our past guests this weekend. You did? And yeah, I ran who? into one of our past guests, Marco. Ah, and Margo. she was with her new boyfriend. So for everyone, yeah, everyone that remembers Margo, we had a two-part series with her. And the first part was about just trouble and unlock with men. And the second part was that she found love with a woman. So now, you know, like sometimes you got to go full circle to figure shit out. But he seemed like a very lovely guy. They seemed really happy. But I will admit it was like a little awkward because at first I was... You know, I didn't recognize her fully. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And then, like, it was kind of like, oh, meet my boyfriend after. And I was like, should I introduce the people I'm with? It was just like, it was a little awkward, too. But all good. <laughs> I mean, I'll share my awkwardness of this weekend also, now that we're down this oh, yeah, hole. Down this so, path. Yeah, actually, I feel like I saw a bunch of our 
people in our dateable orbit, which is kind of funny. Mm. So I hung out with um, Lauren Korshak, who was one of our mm. past guests. That attachment was attachment theories, theories for everyone uh -huh. that remembers. And then one of our current guests of this season, Dr. Abigail Lev, who's oh, coming up for schemas. Great. So we have that in store for you all. So it was really fun. They're like the therapist crew that I got to hang out with. And uh, we went for, you know, it was like such a production this weekend because somehow the smoke actually got worse in SF. Yes, I heard. Yeah, like I don't understand because the fires are stopped. I think it's the wind patterns. Like it was actually mm -hmm. fine in the week. And then this weekend, of course, magically it becomes intolerable. So pretty much like all of us, like I was like my eyes were watering yesterday. It was so bad in my house and my doors were shut all of that the marina for some reason was the only green area i think it's like anywhere near water mm -hmm. so we went to the marina it was like totally fine there it was very bizarre i'm like how is like for anyone that doesn't live in sf i don't live that far from there yeah microclimates like a couple miles it's like crazy and it was like totally pure and fine but what <laughs> embarrassing thing that happened to me, I feel like we're in our COVID wear all the time. Yes. And, you know, you get to walk places. So I wore my leggings with like a Actually, I think I might have worn the sweater I'm wearing right now with leggings. And I was like, oh, this is a cute COVID outfit. You know, it's like comfortable. <laughs> COVID outfit. <laughs> it's, it's COVID a, approved. It's an outfit that goes from COVID home attire to nighttime. Like I can wear it <laughs> to a restaurant, right? So yeah, because I feel like, okay, like, I don't know, for like wearing jeans or like a dress when you have to walk like two miles, yeah, no like thanks. it's just not going to happen. So <laughs> I'm wearing these light, these new leggings I got. And I noticed that they like started to split in the middle, like crotch, crotch in area? the crotch. <laughs> Crotchless leggings. Like, an hour, like, luckily, no one noticed because it didn't continue to spread. But I was like, this could have been really <laughs> bad. Like, this could have been bad. So I'm like, okay, note to self. Maybe just like pure COVID attire might not be the right transition <laughs> that you're thinking. So I don't know. I have some nice like jumpsuits that I might be wearing now as new attire, like something that won't rip. Maybe like the tightness of them walking or whatever it was. How did you how did you notice they started ripping? I went to the bathroom. Oh, that's when you noticed? Yeah, I went to the bathroom and I looked and there was a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't have to go to the bathroom... You would have never noticed? I mean, no, but eventually <laughs> I was going to go to the bathroom. And the I mean, thank God they just stopped ripping. Because, like, sometimes when things start to rip, it just goes downhill fast. Like, I would have been totally fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you do the whole, like, sweater around the waist I was situation. wearing just one sweater. <laughs> I didn't have anything to put around the waist. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could have I could have taken my jacket off. It was like freezing cold, and everyone's like, "Why are you wearing your jacket around your waist?" And I'm like, like a diaper. It's don't weird. bother me. You know, <laughs> it's like in the front instead of like on the back, so it doesn't even make sense. But yeah. Oh Anyways, my that gosh. was my embarrassing thing for tonight. So I guess the advice I'm putting out there is, if especially if you're on a date, maybe don't wear the leggings that are so cozy in your own home. <laughs> I didn't know there were lessons to be learned in this. I thought it was just to commiserate. My, my takeaway is I am not wearing these out again. Or if you're trying to, uh, you know, yeah, give off a different kind of message there. Like, oh, I didn't know these were crotchless leggings. Exactly. It's a new COVID style. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. So eventful week for both of us. Uh, shifting gears to would yeah. you rather. Last week, we had a very controversial question. Very controversial would you rather. So the question was, would you rather date someone whose political stance is apathetic, like they couldn't care less about politics, or someone who is has very strong political beliefs, but they're opposite of yours? And I kind of knew where this would be headed in terms of polling, uh, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize how mad people would get at yes. this question. Yes. Like they were mad at me for even posing it. Okay, <laughs> that's how personally people took it. And I'm like, guys, it's just a would you rather. It's not the, the real point. World. Is to be extreme. Everyone's like, we need an option in the middle. Yeah, and it's like, no, like, that's the. Yeah. Po- I get it. I get it. It's not ideal. No one's saying it's ideal. Yeah. That's the whole point of would you rather. It's not supposed to be yeah. ideal. If it were ideal, then you knew like it'd be easier for you to pick which answer. So. With that said, Julie, what would be your answer? You know, I actually flip-flopped on this one. I know, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. Do. I know, I, I think about it way too much. I like really like to reason with these would-you-rathers. So I actually watched the RNC the first night, and mm-hmm. I must say that it was the most comedic value I've received <laughs> in a long-ass time. And I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone that shares the values here, but I'm just going to say it. I won't go too much on it. But it was people, someone wrote it, like one of the news outlets wrote it up as like an SNL skit gone bad, like an actual SNL skit. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, like Kimberly Garfoyle or however you pronounce her name. She's um, Donald Trump Jr.'s like uh, or Donald girlfriend. Trump Jr.'s girlfriend. And she was literally screaming her entire <laughs> speech. It was just crazy town. So at first I was like, when I thought about this question, I'm like, oh my God, what if I was sitting next to someone that actually like mm, thought this, this was like legit? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I could do that. But then... The other side is like having someone that has just no opinions is bad too. I actually, my aunt and uncle live in a divided household for Mm. politics. My aunt and uncle that you've met. Yeah. Who are both very educated, lovely people. But my uncle and cousins are all hardcore Democrats and my aunt is hardcore Republican. Interesting. Yeah. And I think it's like one of those things that I mean, there's been times that they're like, we need to just stop having the conversation. Like I remember they were actually even visiting me at SF and my uncle was like, this is Democrat city, like stop, you know. (laughs) But I think it's one of those things. I was thinking about them like they're very happy in every other Mm -hmm. way. And I very much respect my aunt intellectually and in every way possible. Yeah. But the other side of it is they've been married for years. I think starting in where the political Mm. climate was not what it is today. I think like politics used to be more like, I don't know, it wasn't as front and center, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't something that people talked about in terms of dating and relationships. And it Mm. wasn't as tied to social issues. So after much debate, I went back (laughs) to the side of having someone long term that had totally polar opposite views would probably drive me insane. So Mm. I'm gonna have to go with the not having I'd rather have someone that doesn't have a strong opinion. I don't know how you can have a strong opinion right now. But maybe I could persuade them in some way. Got it. Okay. What would you do? This one was actually a little easier for me just because I think 
I have a lot of family members who have opposing political views as me, and we get along just fine. It's just that we have more interesting discussions and conversations. Mm. And they never talk down to me, and I don't talk down to them. It's not a matter of, like, I think I'm better or they think they're better. So I do think there is an opportunity for a couple to have healthier discussions if Mm -hmm. their political views aren't aligned. I also think it's a lot, the chances of someone changing their views are a lot higher than someone changing from apathy to caring. Mm. And I I say this because I've experienced this in a previous relationship. Apathy is nowhere I want to touch. I don't want to be with someone who didn't care. And to be with someone who didn't care means, one, I think they have a lot of emotional barriers that they haven't worked through. And that's not my job to help them with that breakthrough. But that's like, years of therapy that they need to do and they're they're quite numb in that way yeah and i if i can't have healthy conversations because they don't care there's no point in in moving forward with a relationship so that's why i choose i'd rather be with someone who has opposite views where we can have healthy discussions than someone who just didn't give a shit You know what's so interesting is because I feel like I used to be more apathetic about politics. Mm. And over the years, I've definitely gotten a lot more invested in it and interested in it and definitely have a strong view. So I do think it's possible to change. But then also at the same time in the current climate is different than a past climate. So if you don't have a view in the current climate, I can see what you're saying of will you ever have a view if you don't have one now? Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think maybe choosing either one of these options is kind of the same because you can't predict the future. People can will always change and yep. you never know what they what they'll feel 5 years down the line. But I think it's just more about how you think you can approach someone who does have mm-hmm. either no views or or different views and how you can have a healthier discussion with them. So the the result of this is <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on Instagram, when we did the poll, it was 75% apathy and 25% opposite views. Mm-hmm. But on our Facebook page, I believe it was 99% apathy and 1% People opposite were views. really upset on the Facebook page, I but feel I like. But I also understand why, because when you vote on Facebook, it shows your name right? Mm. So if everyone's voting the yes. other way, it's it's a little harder to put your name out there to, to vote for the unpopular. I think the Instagram might be a more accurate quant metric, mm-hmm. but I think Facebook is good because you get to see the qual of why, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a so. really good discussion. I'm sorry if people got really mad about it. I mean, literally people were like, fuck you for this question. Like, hey, guys, this is just not, that's not the whole point. We're just trying to have some discussion hey, here. I think it's a good question. I actually thought it was a good question because it's, it's testing extremes. That's the point mm-hmm. of a would you rather is to test extremes. So. Yeah, perfect. That was, a, that was exactly what it was supposed to be. <laughs> we are sorry, though, if we offended anyone. Obviously, the ideal is neither of these we're not saying it is so yeah (laughs) but if you'd like to be part of this discussion on facebook because every week we have really interesting discussions in our facebook group join our group it's called love in the time of corona by the dateable podcast we have uh, i i think we have some of the most interesting and insightful discussions i've seen especially this week we had a discussion about dating with grief you know this Mm -hmm. woman posted that she lost her father recently but she's also trying to date thought that that was a really fascinating discussion and it's just i think it's like a very healthy environment for people just to talk things out 
with men and women. We always mm-hmm. like there's very few communities that you get both perspectives in all ages, all ethnicities. Like we've got it covered. It's really it's a diverse group for sure. Fan- it's fantastic. And another way to connect with us is through our Instagram yes. page. We <laughs> post all the time, but we also just get, solicit your opinions and stories. We we talk back and forth quite a bit. If you slide into our DMs, we're not shy about that at all. So that's also a great way to connect with us. And if you just love us in general, <laughs> ratings are always very oh, helpful. We'll so say helpful. this every week. But if you can give us five stars in um, on the Apple Podcast Store, is that what it is? Like a podcast store? I don't even know. They're, you're not shopping for podcasts. <laughs> I don't know if it's, uh, it used to it be the Apple iTunes Apple Store. Now it's Apple Podcasts. They went through a rebrand. Oh, that's what it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> why it's so confusing but five stars it's still five stars give us give us a review we really appreciate it it really helps with our rankings and also like the quality of guests we're able to bring yes. on the show yes thank you for everyone that did that already it's so so helpful yeah and a fourth way to connect with us is youtube yay, yay. <laughs> it's really interesting that we read somewhere that a lot of people do consume podcasts through youtube so we kind of revamped our youtube channel we kind of like it was kind of like the the middle child for a while we just didn't even think about it yeah. but now we've rebranded <laughs> it uh we are we have merged it with my old youtube channel so this is more a, a announcement for anybody who's on our dateable podcast youtube channel we're shutting down that channel and we're going to migrate everything over to another channel called dateable it's just called dateable and um you'll see a lot more subscribers there we've we're already pushing content over there so you'll have mm-hmm. about like two weeks from today to get yourself resubscribed over there. Um, we'll stop posting here already. So that's just another migration, exciting migration. Yeah, definitely check it out. I love these little chat videos that are going up. So a lot of good I stuff know. that's happening there. And another excuse for us to like actually brush our hair and <laughs> put on makeup during these times. <laughs> another excuse to republish the decorator video also oh, for anyone yes. that is new and has not oh. seen that. It is a treat. Our legendary, (laughs) legendary video. Just wait for that. Another announcement we have is we are part of the Frolic Network, where a lot of great podcasts are part of as well. So we want to promote one of the one of those podcasts on this week's episode. This podcast is called Dinner Sisters. It's a very interesting concept. It's two sisters who give out three recipes on each episode, but then they talk about like how they got to these three recipes. Some of these recipes come with really funny stories. Like one sister didn't know she had to gut a fish before you cook it. So it's it's like one part their dynamic and one part you get really great recipe ideas. Mm, perfect for quarantine. Yeah, per- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for someone who's an only child, I like to vi- live vicariously through them, through their sibling <laughs> relationship. So you can find out more about them, dinnersisters.com, and you can find them on all the different podcast players. And then last but not least, BetterHelp, please help me. Uh, Well, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. They've been with us for a long time. We really appreciate them. And it's just good that we can all take some time for our mental health. In these unprecedented times, some of us may be experiencing some feelings that it's hard to decipher like what's really going on. And so one of those ways is working with a mental health professional. BetterHelp has ensured me 
personally that I'm not alone in whatever it is that I'm going through. So they offer online counseling with professional, credible, and compassionate therapists in a safe and private environment. With over 3,000 U.S. licensed professionals across all 50 states, they make it easier than ever to find help. And they're also looking for additional counselors in all 50 states because there's been so much demand. So now for Dateable listeners only, you get 10% off your first month with the code Dateable. Get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash Dateable. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Dateable and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for 10% off your first month. Love it. So now to our episode. I feel like we've had so many things to talk about, but I'm really excited to release this episode this week. We alluded to it earlier, but we have Kimmy and Liza from 51 First Dates, and we hear all about their dating experiment. But more importantly, what are these like things that are holding you back from, you know, like having authentic relationships and really taking that next step, whatever stage you're at? So yeah, it's a good one for anyone, no matter where they are in terms of relationships and dating. Here's our conversation with Kimmy and Liza from 51 First Dates. How many of you have ever fantasized about doing a dating experiment and then talking about it on a podcast? (laughs) Well, all of us, right? And what if I told you that two women actually did that? They put a dating experiment into a podcast and the podcast is still going, but the experiment's pretty much done. But we're here to talk to uh, Kimmy Eliza from 51 First Dates about how this whole experiment started, but also just like, what did they learn? So I will introduce them now. Kimmy is 31 years old. She lives in LA. Well, she's currently not in LA, but she technically lives in LA, originally from (laughs) Boston, and she's in a monogamous relationship. And Liza's 32 years old. She lives in New York. She's been there for 10 years, originally from Connecticut, and she is engaged. Hi, ladies. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. And that lovely official intro, I love it. (laughs) I mean, this has just been my fantasy for a long time. We've done like kind of episodes of of Mm -hmm. dating experiments, but not the entire show. So this is why it's like, it's great to live vicariously through you. But Kimmy, I understand that your therapist was the one that recommended you to go on lots of dates to break some bad dating habits. So (laughs) why do you think this was the uh, quote unquote prescription? And how did you two decide to make a podcast out of it? Oh, fun. Okay. Um, no, I just feel like I haven't talked about this in a minute. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is how it started. So my therapist, who in a wild, you know, turn of events, not turn of events, but wildly is also Liza's therapist. We did have the same therapist. For some no accidentally. way. We didn't know Accidental. for a while. Wait, you guys didn't plan it? It just, no. wow. We, <laughs> we both were referred by the same person and yes. ended up with the same therapist and didn't know it for a while. It was very early on in our friendship. And then I think actually finding out that we had the same therapist bonded us in a way that, you know, totally changed everything. It's kind of like finding out you're dating the same person, but like not as not as scandalous. Completely. (laughs) But yeah, so my therapist, you know, had heard me sit in her office and really just 
complain about these half relationships, fuckboy situations, whatever you want to call them, um, for years, truly like six years. Uh, and she was like, you act as though you've done a lot of dating in New York, but you really just dated like the same people you knew it wasn't going to work out with for a while. Mm. And she was she was much kinder than I'm being to myself right now. But basically, she was like, some people go on a date like every night, every week. This is New York. Why don't you try like going 100 dates or something? And she wasn't prescribing as much as maybe just like being like, you could do that. Like put your mind to something. I also think at this point, she knew me well enough to know if there was a goal. I'm very goal oriented. I might be able to do it. Did she expect you to create a podcast? Oh, no. No, no, no. So <laughs> she should have. She, know, she knows Kimmy, Kimmy and I are, is, are both project people. Yeah. So Liza and I also, you know, our friendship blossomed once we found out we had the same therapist. And then we actually, the first project we ever worked on together, we used to produce videos together. We did branded mm-hmm. content. We did like internet comedy content for different brands and for ourselves. But the first thing we ever made was a web series way back in 2013 about seeing the same therapist. So that it really, it's it sounds fake, but this is how the genesis of our entire friendship. So anyways, I she probably had some idea. Yes, that, oh, maybe if I give her a Goal, she'll turn it into a project and then like finally you know move on from this guy she's been talking about for too long so I was like let's cut it in half let's make it 50 because that's more achievable and let's riff on like a very old very terrible Adam Sandler Drew Barrymore movie and we'll do 51 first dates because of copyright but no really I think Liza <laughs> you might have you know obviously a different vision but Liza's always been such a supportive friend and supportive but also a realist in helping me like kind of take back some power in dating and um the year we actually started it, it had been an idea we kicked around, but like not totally related, but my mom passed away after a long fight with breast cancer. And I think I was craving a project as well. In hindsight, did I need to like talk about people I was going on dates with? I don't know. <laughs> hey, it led you to where you are now. So. <laughs> and just, you know, to, to lightly pat ourselves on the back, we always talked about everyone anonymously with no identifying features. And we tried to bring a spirit of like kindness to discussing all of Kimmy's dates because, you know, the guy on the other side of those dates was also making themselves vulnerable. And um, I think we we always tried to like keep that in the forefront of our minds when we were when we were talking about stuff, you know, except for once or twice when we just <laughs> had to bitch. <laughs> Probably yeah. And I think that's that's what I really admire about your experiment is that the goal wasn't to find Kimmy uh, the love of her life. The goal was to uncover some of these dating habits that you had, look at the trends and behaviors and figure out what are the next steps. So it wasn't just about like finding the guy to complete your life. Yes. Wait, so did the guys know about it? Like when you went on dates, did you tell them at all or no? I mean, mostly no. I was about to be like, sort of, but then I was like, there's an entire podcast. Um, some did. I did like a timeout New York undateables. I don't know if you mm-hmm, guys have this mm-hmm. in SF too. Yeah. I did that. So, and I was, I went on a match made date. Uh, that's not how you would say it, but a matchmaker set me up and he knew. Um, I told people pretty soon, but at the beginning, I really wasn't telling them Got for it. three dates. <laughs> and that wasn't cool. A couple it, people yeah. had Googled her and found out, like, mm. Yeah, you know, there, I mean, were... they're going to find out eventually, right? So what were the, the parameters of this original experiment? Because I'm guessing that at some point, you can't, I mean, you're not talking about like minute details of the date, but you, you kind of have to give away some things, right? Like they're anonymous, but you're giving away some character details. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it. 
This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, <laughs> wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I guess so. I think maybe at the beginning, like I would say I probably shared, I think we were careful. Someone's going to dig one up and be like, no, you did talk about people's school, for example, or what they did for work. But I, since I did the dates, we've had two other daters go on 51 first dates. Um, Neither has made it all the way. One due to finding a relationship. That was Mm. my brother. He, you know, begrudgingly, but generously became our new dater. So we got a male perspective for a while. And then our lovely dater, Olivia, who has just, because of COVID, um, Mm. we weren't going to force her to like go on all these (laughs) online dates. Go on like horrible, Um, shitty FaceTime dates. (laughs) Wait, so Liza, like what got you into this? Like as someone that was in a relationship, what were you like, I need to work with Kimmy on this? I mean, I just have been uh, like trash at relationships and communicating about my feelings my whole life. And I think I got really lucky to date someone who is extremely gifted at talking about feelings and kind of like taught me how to do it. And that I think is just a pure dice roll, like straight luck. Um, I'm still bad at it. Like I, you know, talk to our our therapist every week about it. Um, (laughs) But I I mean, I had been in all the same places Kimmy was like the fact that I was in a relationship at the time of us making the podcast and I'm still with that person doesn't change that like I had been in all the same situations, had been super attached to people who were not into me or who like just weren't treating me that well 
or I had gotten into destructive patterns around like, you know, situationships or fuckboys or whatever. So part of it is just like, I, I think that dating right now is super interesting and like unprecedented. And I love talking about it. And the other part is just that I love talking. And so the <laughs> podcast seemed good. And <laughs> I love talking about feelings and I love talking to my female friends and like deconstructing people's brains and like why people do crazy things or great things. Um, so it was really fun to like talk, talk to Kimmy about all these random humans she met. She did all of the brave work of like putting herself out there and meeting them. <laughs> and I got to sit in her uh, former apartment in Greenpoint and um, drink and talk to her about it. So it was kind oh, of a win-win for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. By the way, I love that you're a self-proclaimed drunk feminist. I just, I think that is basically us to a T as well. <laughs> and I can totally see these conversations happening. Okay, so I want to bring something up. And um, Julie knows, I love The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. That's like my thing. Just trashy reality TV. And I don't we'll know if you've right heard about this the latest gossip with Claire, who's supposed to be the newest Bachelorette. And she, uh, apparently they've been looking for a replacement for her. And there's a couple rumors, but one of them is she already found the man of her dreams 12 days into filming. So obviously this, for your experiment as well, this would have could have been a possibility. So what were the rules around what if you found someone you really like? Do you still go through with all right. the dates? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Now I feel like I'm a little bit Claire adjacent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, well, because we didn't have such a massive production budget and like amount of money riding on us, there weren't really specific rules. Liza was always like, do what you want. Like I had not been in a real serious relationship really ever. So for me, it was like, this isn't going to work out. I'm also, I, when we started, I knew I was applying to grad school and I knew I wasn't applying in New York. So mm. I was like, even like I'm probably a year and a half year out from moving. So, you know, just give it a shot. Liza, did we have a rule? I forget. I mean, I don't think it was a rule. I think that it was kind of the whole the whole thing was an experiment, right? Like we didn't have any expectations about how it was going to turn out because with an experiment, you just kind of make a hypothesis and go and then you have to accept whatever. Guys, I was a theater major and I'm talking about the scientific process. So <laughs> let's... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and move on. But I, I think we didn't have, we didn't have a ton of expectations going in. Um, I think the hope was just to like examine some of Kimmy's dating patterns and like the dating patterns of a lot of millennial women, especially in New York, which is mm -hmm. a notoriously like weird city to date. Mm. I mean, we say that, but also every something I've we've right. absolutely <laughs> learned from doing this podcast is that every city is a weird city to date in just for, for different sure. reasons. We've learned the same exact. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I think that and weirdly similar to The Bachelor, The Bachelorette this year, we did exactly what happened. Like Kimmy met, spoiler, met met someone um, mm -hmm. and we started bringing in Tasha's left and right. And it's funny because like <laughs> we had Kimmy's brother go on dates, which was really, really cool. Uh, we were kind of starting my like cousin slash best friend going on dates and she met her now super serious boyfriend on date number like four or something. Wow. <laughs> so so we've had some people, you know, kind of come in and, you know, we've been in the, situ in the Claire and Tasha situation before and we kind of, yeah, just keep chugging on and, and then we don't have people dating. Like, we just talk about dating because it's still endlessly fascinating. Julie's very lost right now. So Tasha <laughs> is like the backup 
to Claire Got for it. The Bachelorette. And they've yeah, already reached out to her. Fan. <laughs> oh, but she's like fan. so much more interesting than Claire. I'm like way more excited for Tisha. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Wait, so Kimmy, can you tell us, like I know you mentioned that you didn't really have like a relationship prior to this. Like what was your dating life like? Like if you had to sum it up before the experiment. Yeah, I was in like a pseudo, very short relationship in college with someone I had gone to high school with that ended um, when he, you know, met someone at his college that he fell for. And that had been my pattern, I realized, since like truly my first kiss. I don't know where like the whatever we don't this is not therapy but I've just had issues around like measuring a lot of self-worth around around men and I Liza I hope you will back me up my dad and my brother are really like emotionally in touch available men like I didn't have a bad example in Mm. the traditional sense and I think then moving to New York like what I realize now is I I had like some really big crushes that were infatuations that I turned into something more in my head when I was like 21 to 24 that I really should have shut down sooner. Then later in my 20s, it was like meeting people and being in these sort of relationship things with them and thinking it was going to change and being really set on when it would change or the challenge of making it change and kind of measuring my worth on if they were into me. You know, it wasn't like just a hookup that went on too long. It was like, no, we're being romantic together and you're giving me this attention and then you come back. I mean, I feel like we've all, anyone listening has been in one of those like push-pull too long things that (laughs) it's awful. Like I, and I think just whatever it is about my personality, like right before this podcast, it was really like me being way too hung up on a dude who was like literally the second person I'd ever gone on an online date with and Mm. who I thought was going to be really interested in me and then who, similar to me, was about to move away for grad school um, like eight months later. And I just, I thought it was going to go somewhere and it didn't, but I like pined over him for like, well, we like still hung out for two years and then there was another year to try to get over it. I don't know. Just deeply scarring. Um, It's not his fault, though. I was totally complicit. And I think if I – yeah, in in terms of like summing up what my relationship to relationships is, uh, it's just a lot of like thinking I needed one and now looking back – thinking I needed a serious relationship to be like accepted as a cool person in the world. But looking back, it's like no one was judging you that hard, A. But B, now that I'm in one, it doesn't make me any different of a person. It doesn't make me a better – well, I don't feel like I'm a more valuable human in society. And like Mm -hmm. I really value my independence through my 20s actually in hindsight. So I don't know. It's just – it was like just a lot of being single or in weird situations. Mm-hmm. And Liza, did you have like a diagnosis for Kimmy or was is it similar to what she just said? Oh, yeah. Tell me. Tell me. It'll be different. <laughs> I mean, oh, I think it's not going to be anything that we haven't talked about. But it, I, I think that Kimmy did what a lot of us did, um, which was put a lot of power in uh, the hands of the people who like deigned to like us or not like us or date us or not date us or fuck us or not want to fuck us. I'm sorry. Can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course. Great. Please. Say do more do more of Amazing. it Amazing. <laughs> gorgeous um, i i think that you know especially as women drunk feminism <laughs> we so often like place our value in like how others see us right like does someone want me does someone want to date me date me get engaged to me marry me whatever all of these things and i think it stops a lot of people myself included from um like really laying claim to what they want 
and not just being in a mentality, like a lack mentality of accepting what's given to them. And if someone's giving you like a, a something that is less than what you want, I think it's like we're not really trained or socialized to be like, um, no, hey, I want this and you're not giving it to me. So either give it to me or fuck off. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of think that, yeah, like Kimmy was not used to saying what she wanted and like really demanding it from the people who she was dating. I mean, one of the reasons that Kimmy and I are close and one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast is like, that's exactly what I did always. And Mm -hmm. even in my current relationship, like I almost fucked it up at the beginning multiple times by by not being upfront with my feelings. And he had to be like, um, excuse me, you're not telling me anything about how you feel or like you're half in this and that's annoying because I want to be all in this. So can you just tell me if you're in or not? And then we can like figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. I really had to be like shaken by the shoulders and and forced to to say what I wanted from someone. So do you think that's what broke your your pattern? Your bad dating pattern was basically meeting someone who wanted you to communicate more? I think that was 50% of it, maybe 60% of it. I think the other amount was going to therapy and building up a lot of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um it was something that again, I had a I had a really like I have really great incredible parents who I think are kind good people uh and and I have a lot of of privilege and advantages in the world um and I still somehow managed to make it to like 23 when I started going to therapy with just like the shittiest Mm self-esteem and you know you can't be happy with another person in that position so I spent a lot of years going to therapy and just trying to to not constantly doubt myself and not think I didn't deserve anything good and not think I was like ugly and mean and dumb and all of these things. (laughs) So I was gonna say I totally blame like media and bad books because I feel like I can relate so much to what you're saying. Like I remember for years being like, oh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to scare them off or Mm -hmm. I'll just play it cool. That was like the biggest thing. It was like completely (laughs) the cool girl situation. It's like I don't want to bring anything up and rock the boat in any way because I would rather have this like breadcrumb of a situation than nothing at all. Totally. And I yeah. Think oh, yeah. The toxicness of that is ingrained. It was ingrained in women. I also blame Cosmo and magazines like totally. that. Totally. Those like oh, yeah. 90s and early aughts rom coms and magazines and, and TV shows really did a number on, Fucked on us all. all. <laughs> Basically. Well, the, so the problem really is because you could come from a really good family, but that love is portrayed differently than romantic love. Like the the love you mm-hmm. get you get from your family is given to you regardless of whether you wanted it or not, right? But for some reason, media and society portrays romantic love as a pageant. People yeah. choose you. So yep. therefore you have to act, dress, look a certain way to win this pageant in order to be chosen. And that's where that low self-esteem comes from. Because as soon as we feel any sort of rejection, we feel like we have not been chosen. We're being left behind. Absolutely. I think also it stems from like early. Like if you don't see that in like high school or even like mm. middle school when that's starting to happen, like it builds up that like low self-esteem that goes way into your 20s and 30s, which is in potentially even 40s and 50s. Like if you don't do therapy and like really try to like do that self-love. 
And this is really getting into the bad dating patterns that you were seeing, Kimmy, as you went on to this experiment. First of all, how many dates did you go on to meet your current boyfriend? He was date 13. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But I I went on 32 dates. I kept going on dates. So that, Mm. sure. Yeah. You went on 32 dates and you started seeing some patterns. Let's go through some of the patterns. We already mentioned one, which is being the cool girl. Explain to everybody what the cool girl syndrome is. Oh, man. I honestly, I feel like it takes different forms, maybe. Uh, So, but for me, it was definitely prior to going on these dates, the cool girl syndrome, like in a broader way, was acting like I was cool with whatever level of relationship the guy I was dating wanted Mm -hmm. without asking for what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I would be kind of passive aggressive about what I wanted and send some texts like, that, but that's unfair to them as well. So that's cool girl syndrome. Cool girl syndrome for me was not listening to myself and speaking up for myself, not even in big ways, in small ways, and asking for what I wanted. Like it's okay to want a relationship where the other person isn't dating other people if that's what you want and, and vice versa. If you want to date other people, that's fine too, but the communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started going on more dates, I think the cool girl syndrome – kind of or a more a mutation of it for me was kind of just going on a date and defaulting to like, oh yeah, let's have that second drink because the other person wanted offered a second drink. Mm. Or I don't know, I'm thinking early on because the first dates I went on, I I didn't have like a great batting average. I wasn't getting asked on second dates. Um, and that was just throwing me into like a tizzy. And there was like a part of me at the beginning that wanted to just be like, try to ask them on a second date. And But I was so cool about all that or I'd act like it, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I I think I just like believed everything coming out of my date's mouths, but nothing in my own head. And there was definitely mm-hmm. like a balance, a meeting in the middle. So I think my cool girl while actually going on the dates like, evolved from trying to be cool and make every guy I went on a date with like me and want a second date, whether or not I wanted to go on a second date, yeah. to like being like, this is a mutual de- decision. And sometimes we don't have the same opinion, but like, let me decide for myself if I like you, not just like, I want this the next man to like me because then that means another check mark that I'm worthy or mm-hmm. something. So I don't know if this happened to you, but I feel like when I was in, the, I was definitely in that same boat that I'm like, I don't want to rock the boat. I just want to get that second date. Like not even thinking like, do I even like this person? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I feel like when you're doing that, you're not really showing any of your personality. You're kind of just like blending in and you're just, you know, a chameleon, right? Like you could literally be interchanged with any other person. Did you feel like that? Like, did you feel like your personality was showing or in retrospect, were there things that you would have changed? No, it's a good question. I bet it wasn't showing as much as it could. Like, I I don't... I don't know. I feel like, you know, there's always a fine line on a first date. I don't want to be like my truest self because then I don't even know if anyone would ever be with me just with like my insecurities and or like strong, strong opinions um, on certain things. But yeah, I, I, I don't think I was doing my personality justice, maybe. I, I think if I actually went back to those moments, I would totally look at myself like as a fly on the wall and be like, that's not you. That's some other version. That's date Kimmy or something. Mm. And Liza, where does a cool girl syndrome show up in a relationship? I mean, I think that in early stages of a relationship, it's almost like this game of chicken of like, mm-hmm. who's going to talk about exclusivity? Who's going to talk about who's going to say I love you first? Like, who's going to bring up meeting parents? Like, who's going to, you know, who's going to talk about moving in together? I feel like there can be this. I think these exact same patterns can play out 
in in a committed relationship. Um, the thing of like, I'm not going to do this first because he should do it. And, you know, mm. blah, blah, blah. And I think like I in, in a previous relationship was super victim of this. Like I just was like, I'm going to completely lock myself down and just seem so chill all the time. Yeah. And like just not be serious about anything. And it was my first relationship and I was a baby and whatever it was. And I was in my early 20s. But that was my idea of like being someone who was I thought being someone who was easy to be in a relationship with was yeah. like the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it can it can appear at any time. And yeah, I think we're all just really socialized to, to do that. The idea of being like a difficult woman is now becoming kind of cool. But I think especially <laughs> when, we, when we were younger, it really wasn't. <laughs> like Kimmy and I recently rewatched the first season of Sex and the City for our Patreon. I promise I'm not trying to plug that. But we, we like <laughs> have been doing some rewatches and talking about like some of the rom-com and media that shaped us. And re-watching the first season of Sex and the City, I was like, oh, that's where I got I got this shitty dating yeah, totally. concept and this yeah, shitty it's dating really concept toxic and this one. when you re-listen, yeah. re-watch it. <laughs> yeah, and so much about it is just not telling, it's like Carrie not telling Big how she feels or what she wants mm-hmm. or what no. she needs. And that was mm-hmm. so ingrained. And so for me, the you know, that's similar to what Kimmy was saying earlier, like being in a relationship does not solve your problems. It just translates them to a relationship. So if you have a problem yeah. talking about your feelings, like with a guy you've been having sex with for a while and you're not sure what it is, like it, I think it is the can be the it will be the exact same with someone who you guys are committed and have met each other's parents. That's a really good point. I yeah. used to pride myself on being called low maintenance. You know, if a guy was like, "You're mm. really low maintenance," I'd be like, "Yeah, that's right." I was like so proud of it. Yeah. But looking back, it just translated to me not expressing my needs and telling him how I felt. That's what low maintenance is. It, it made me forgettable. He literally did not have to maintain a relationship with me. Well, I think the other piece, too, is it builds up resentment because no one is that cool. Like, especially if they're getting walked all over, you're just not. You're just putting up a face that you're cool. And I think it even translates to, I know for me, like, I always used to have these, like, rigid, I blame this horrible book, like, Why Men Love Bitches. I don't know if any of you read that. <laughs> oh, I've but never read it, but I've heard Fucking that. horrible. Yeah. Don't ever read it. <laughs> and I blame that book. And it was like, you cannot text them for th- like, you cannot be the first one to text. So I'd be like, frantically looking at my phone waiting for like that person to text. And I'm sure like, the, in- the energy I gave back, like when they finally did was not authentic at all. Mm-hmm. And I know for me personally, as soon as I dropped those behaviors, that's when things fell into place. But I think it goes into the cool girl stereotype too because totally. you don't want to seem over eager. Yeah, and it also it all underscores that thing that so many women have internalized which is it's which is it's more important to be in a relationship than to be yourself. Like yes. mm-hmm. it's basically saying don't be yourself, sacrifice that for the good of maintaining a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Every woman I know, except for some of the very cool young Gen Z women I know who are so much cooler. Than oh, yeah, us. they're different. They're oh, so my God. Because they like, haven't gotten these messages. No, that's why. And it's, yeah. that's, what's so crazy is like it, these the things we watch and consume really matter so much. But above a certain age, every woman I know has internalized some version of that, of like mm-hmm. suppress some part of your personality. And Kimmy and I both have said a million times to our listeners, like the right person for you is the person you you meet and immediately you're like, I'm completely myself around you. Mm-hmm. And it's a feeling yeah, yeah. that is so obvious once you feel it. And before you feel it, it's like you have no idea. 
And it confuses men, too. So yeah, it's like it also plays to that side. Like when you're the cool girl and everything is fine, they can feel when it's not fine or when you're holding something back and expecting them to be a mind reader. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that's when I've blown up at people is when I've like suppressed it for too long. For opposed to sure. just saying yep. it. Yeah. 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 Just say it because I, I, I mean, we're like all hetero and Liza and I, on, we talk very heteronormatively on our podcast mm-hmm. and often about like women dealing with these pressures, which I do think just like society in the US, there is a certain pressure on women to find a relationship. But, you know, when we really zoom out, it's like, just say it for anyone because mm-hmm. vulnerability is diff- difficult even, you know, if you're not the woman in the relationship or you're dating another woman and you're a woman. Like, it's about like when you feel that you're not being true to yourself. Sorry, I'm like right. on some soapbox now. Like, it comes down to vulnerability. I feel like there's just like mm-hmm. a culture in the US that is changing, but that for so long made vulnerability uncool. And that yeah. compounded all this other messaging that we got, for me at least. And it's like, just say it. Yeah, Julie, you put it so it's so simple and it's so hard. Because if you don't just say it, you will explode in like rage drunken texts. Yeah, <laughs> it's a right. it's a loose, loose situation. I used to have and I still do, my friend's husbands would text me and say, So and so says she didn't want flowers for Valentine's Day. Did you do you think she means it? Talking about their own wives, so asking me as a friend. And I would have to ask my friend and say, you said you didn't want flowers for Valentine's Day. Did you really mean it? And, and she would say, it would be nice if you just got it without me asking for it. I mean, it's just stuff like that, you know, like just well, that comes from like the princess stereotype, like 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 Disney movies. I feel like that stems from that, like someone sweeping you off your feet, like all that shit. That's just not a realistic relationship. Yeah. And just you're right. We just have to just say it like you're not losing. There's no winning or losing in a relationship. You're just trying to get your needs met, both of your needs. Yeah, I feel like I lost way more when I didn't say things in these half relationships because they dragged on forever and my life was like tortured. (laughs) It was so painful, like very painful. You know, I know in the grand scheme of my life, I won't look back and be like, you know, that was so hard. I could never relive it. But in moments it was. And I could have saved myself that torture had I more clearly stated, I want to be in a relationship with you rather Mm. than why aren't you texting me this weekend? (laughs) Like, give me. Right. Right. So let's talk about your half relationships because I feel like that's another one because I don't I was definitely guilty of this I overstayed relationships that clearly were not relationships when guy would flat out say he didn't want to be in a relationship I'm like why did I stay in that did did that happen to you situationships Yeah, situationships, whatever we – yeah, I like situationships. That's good. Yeah, I feel like, you know, and Liza was a great friend through this, listening to so many things. And, you know, I've been a friend in other moments, but it's one of – you know when you can't be talked out of something? It wasn't like it happened with every guy, but, like, I would, especially if there were a lot of boxes that were being checked, which I feel very embarrassed about, but, like – we get along. We have the same interests. Like I'd get kind of box checky before I would be like, but does he always make me feel comfortable? You know? And I think some of the situationships, the, the, the man, the male party could have done a little better of a job because it was very clear. Like I was giving off all the signs and like light wording around like be in a relationship with me or where is this going? Um, and there were kind of half asked answers back. Like I, I think when you actually get a full 
I can't be in a relationship with you. It gets a little easier, but um, I don't know. I, I'm just babbling now because I'm going back to these times and I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. I've th- been there before when someone has explicitly said that, but there was still something in my mind that was like, I'm going to prove him wrong. Oh, like, yeah. why, why did I do that? That's so fucked up. But that's like, it was a reality. It did happen it, at a certain point. Yeah. You know what the thing is for me? I can't be friends with that person then, but he, he might want to be friends. And then it might feel good to talk to him and catch up. And then it might get flirty. And then it might make me feel like there's something that's going to happen someday. Mm-hmm. And it was just a circumstance. And that is where if I trusted my gut, like if someone is not interested, they're not interested in a relationship. It doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. It's like, just take them at their word because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely. Fuck that. Liza, did you have any situationships or anything like that? I mean, I did. I had one um, in which I I was kind of the asshole. I had a lot of really, really massive crushes and like the guy just never liked me back. Like, f- like I had huge crushes on friendships that I think like if they had liked me at all, it would have quickly become a situationship. Like we would have start- started sleeping together and then I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be in the same position, but they just never really wanted to sleep with me. So it just <laughs> didn't quite get there. But I did have one where the guy was more invested than I was, which is like a, a weird situation to be in. And so I kind of found myself in this position of having kind of sympathy or empathy for, I don't want to say empathy because I I don't like how I acted in this situation. I think basically I got into a place, I I found myself able to relate to some of these fuck boys because I got in a place where Mm. I was like, this guy likes me a lot and he's hot and he's Mm. like really nice to me, like gets me nice gifts, like super like attentive and sweet and like in a way that no one had ever been, been to me. He was like expressing that he was catching feelings and I just wasn't. I just didn't feel like we had I didn't feel like he and I connected super emotionally Mm. I thought it was just kind of like he was nice and fun and down for anything we had good chemistry and I was like great this is cool like I'll tell him I don't want a relationship like we can keep it chill and I think I let it go on way longer than I should have knowing that he was developing feelings and I don't think I felt any responsibility to him because I thought I had made my intentions clear And I think that what I learned from being in that position on that side of a situationship is like, you absolutely have responsibility to the other person. Like, it's just, you know, just by saying like, "Mm, sorry, like, I like you, but I just don't really, I'm not really in a place to be in a relationship. Like, I was recently off a breakup and I was kind of, you know, using writing on that. I mean, like, I just got out of a relationship and I'm just, I just want to keep things casual. Like, I don't want to be exclusive. Like, I don't want any of that. Uh, It was unkind. And I I regret Mm -hmm. doing that. So why do you think you did it? Because I feel like there's like the why, because I can pinpoint why I stayed in that terrible situationship. I do air quotes relationship. Why do you think you were on the opposite side stringing someone along? It made me feel good to Mm. to have someone who was really interested in me and I didn't have to be vulnerable. I didn't have to, I didn't have any stakes in it. And like, I, I hate admitting this. It does not make me sound like a good person. I feel really, really bad about it eight years later or whatever, seven years later. But I think that, again, it was at a time where I didn't have the highest self-esteem and it made me feel good and it made me feel mm-hmm. like worthy and it made me feel like I was normal. And all these crushes I had had were the guys like I, uh, Kimmy was front and center for several of these crushes. I had like 
two or three massive crushes on friends that were in a similar friend group like Kimmy and like she knows them and I would pine after them and there was just no interest. So it was kind of, you know, it was. We don't know. We never okay, know. No, I mean, I think we can call it. But I, don't know. I was always like, go for it. Yeah, I know. You know what they always say, though, is that fuck boys have really low self-esteem. Yeah, so I think like what you were, Yeah, like what you were saying, I don't, first of all, don't think you are alone by any means in that. Like, I'm sure there are so many people that have strung someone along because they wanted that validation. I have done it. Yes, yeah, and I think it's the reverse, too. Like, Kimmy, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But the reason I stayed in a bad situation is because of self-esteem, too. It was still better to have someone than no one. And, like, there was, like, a little bit of crumbs that, like, you thought that you could, like, turn it around. And I think at least from my situation, too, it's like he started as the one super interested and then flipped the script on me. So mm. I wanted to, like, regain the power. It was, like, all totally. about, like, power Winning. and ego trip. Exactly. Winning. Totally. Having the power is, yeah, it, it's a big thing. And it was honestly, I think, a big reason I did stay in that was because I had never in my entire life had the power in a relationship or any kind mm. of romantic entanglement. Never. And in having it, I was like, well, this is never going to happen again. So I may as well, you know, enjoy it. Blah, blah, blah. The wrong thing to do. And also what I ultimately realized was like, oh, in a good relationship, it doesn't feel like someone has more power. <laughs> feels like you're in right. things together working it out. But I didn't know that. <laughs> so. But also, I'll just give Liza some credit. Like, I think actually always you, you brought up the situation when I would be kind of upset about my situations. And it really helped me realize it's not like good versus evil villain. It's not. Mm -hmm. Liza was incredibly interested. You were really interested in him at the beginning. Yeah. And you like had fun with him. It wasn't like, you know, malicious. You know, there are some malicious people out there. Don't get me wrong. But I don't yeah. feel like anyone I dated or who strung me along was like actually as evil as I made them out to be in my mind. It was all about my own battle with power and, you know, accepting that I was maybe worthy of love someday. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was what you said, Kimmy, earlier, too, at least like how I viewed it. It was better to be with someone than no one because yep. you're fed that you should be in a relationship. And now you have something to talk to your friends about. Now you have like, you know, drama that's like exciting and all this stuff. And in reality, you're actually like doing yourself a huge disservice staying with this person that has no interest in a relationship with you because then you can't meet someone else. But in the moment, it feels like you're like fitting in more, I think. Yes, fitting in. Like just that I could have someone to talk about in the conversation and not be like another year. Kimmy's not even – well, I feel like there was always someone I had like maybe gone on a date with. But there's a lot of shame even around like – Early in my New York years, I babysat these adorable girls who I'm so in touch with. They're like my little nieces. Um, and they would always be like, Wait, where's your boyfriend? Where's your boyfriend? And now I look back and I'm like, <laughs> well, the messaging is still there. Problem. Because they're definitely Gen Z. Um, but they were really young at the time. It was very sweet. But I think uh, looking back and fine, fucking easy for me to say because I am really happy in the relationship I'm in right now. And so it's really easy for me to say. But I am so – if I could tell myself anything, it's like just give that up. If a great relationship comes along that you don't have to – you can work for but not like fight for before it's even a relationship, then yeah, if something great comes up, be in it. Otherwise, enjoy, like if anyone – like especially in my 20s, like be single. Like I don't know. That sounds <laughs> antithetical to mm -hmm. our podcast. But it's like, yeah, dating sucks. Have all the experiences. Have the learnings. Fall for someone. Get your heart broken. Vice versa. Maybe you have to break someone's heart by accident. I don't know. But like don't worry about being in a relationship. Those, also, it's 2020. 
a terrible year. But things are changing. Nobody fucking cares when you get married now. Well, that's some some people's families have a lot of pressure on them, etc. But I don't know. I'm just like, why was I fed that my life would be like so much better with a partner? It is great. I love my partner. Oh, partner. I hate saying partner. My boyfriend. I love him. I'm so happy to have him. But like I I really believe in like having a lot of alone time in your 20s, being single and independent. So that's my diatribe. Yeah, I mean, the problem with like jumping from relationship to relationship or placing too much emphasis on being in a relationship is that you end up jumping into other people's lives and you forget who you are. You don't have an identity and you haven't defined your own life. So when you're alone again, it feels really amplified because all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're you've lost your life basically because you defined your life by the partner you're with. And that's kind of like the the dependency problem um, that we're facing too. Yep. But I guess another, we, we should talk about this next um, bad pattern that you were saying, which is very similar is, you know, like staying fixated on fuck boys. We talked about this and like staying in these situationships. How do you move past this though? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Liza. Start a podcast. I think for me, Uh. it was like literally making a podcast, forcing myself on dates, realizing like I had a say in the matter too. And then meeting someone who like the podcast wasn't even a deal breaker for. Not that it really in big ways was for anyone else. They found out early on. It was for one guy. I, I felt really badly. I wanted to like bail. And again, I had probably not talked about someone so loved like not lovingly um he was very hot and we talked about that for a long time at the top of the episode so (laughs) I objectified him but he was like thanks for the compliment just heard the podcast I would just not be able to hear about you dating other people so I Mm. felt badly and you know I think I'm not going to totally criticize what we did because we still do it and I think there's a way we it's very anonymous it's more about like our daters experiences but uh, anyways Mm -hmm. I think for me breaking my habit had to do with going on more dates because that's not something I did but we have a lot of listeners and people in our secret Facebook group who are like, I'm going on, I did 51 days and it didn't work. And I don't want it. Mm. Uh, It's like, I did, it kind of is, it came from my therapist for me and we did like podcast about it. And it's, you know, really worked out for some people who wanted relationships. But I think it's about like breaking your bad habit specifically. So yeah. Well, you could go on 51 dates that are exactly the same. Then you're doing yeah. exactly the same thing. It's or about, not reflecting at all. Right. It's about progressing through those 51 dates. And you, I, I actually think about advice that your mom gave. Oh. And <laughs> which one was that? <laughs> I remember you saying that you have to think about like, this is going to be like, if you're having this much trouble now, like if you have to like force someone to hang out with you or to pick up the phone or text you like what happens when the big shit comes down the road yeah and I think that has stuck with me in general I think your mom and other people have said this too it's like just being realistic about like what a relationship is and not just getting so fixated on a person but rather like what does this like ideal relationship look like more yeah I feel like uh, I guess my advice would be like like get rid throw out your checklist we've like Mm. shit on manifesting a lot and I know that's not a popular opinion but like I think you have to like get with yourself and that's important but then like there are some really shallow things 
boyfriends. This is not okay. My boyfriend's from Florida, and I was like, "You're a Florida man." Like he's originally from Florida, and I still tease him, and it's awful. And I love lots of people from Florida, but you know, the state gets a bad rap. So that's a especially job. right like, now. It's, it's yeah. especially right now. Um, no, I you know I've now learned that there are very beautiful parts of Florida. Um, just wear your mask. Um, okay, <laughs> no. I guess like there, but that's like a very embarrassing thing to admit. But like little things like that would not be a deal breaker for me. But like I would build up some weird story around who I, who am I to say who I should be with or deserve? Like I'm, I've got all my own, like that's not a flaw. Again, I'm really digging myself in a hole here. But like even there are other little things like I think around interests. Like, like if you feel like you have to be so on the same page about like, I feel like music, I'm not even that into music but I'm more into music and I've liked bonding with that and going to concerts with people I've dated my boyfriend not that into music but that can't be a deal breaker like Mm. he treats me like gold and I love him like I I think the list the checklist for me was like that changed things like Mm. making a new checklist about like how do I do I feel comfortable or do I feel anxious with this person do I feel like I can be myself or do I feel like I have to be put together Kimmy that is from sex in the city carry that's a good point because i think like when you fall for like the fuck boys or like the people that you want to be with that don't want to be with you it's usually for superficial reasons like they're hot or funny or like something like that not how they make you feel obviously they don't make you feel exactly or they or they fit your checklist it's that guy that you know has the education you want the background you want the the job that you've been looking for and then for some reason we just get so um, like we get stuck on that and then we can't move past it. And we post this as a question for our Facebook group. Um, we do would you rathers a lot. And the would you rather was, would you rather date someone who is like the stock market or someone who's like a savings account? So a stock market is volatile, potential high gains, high maintenance, or um, savings account, which is potential low returns, but you know, it's low maintenance and then they're very stable. And the majority of people chose, what do you think? Savings account. Savings account. (laughs) But the majority of people date the stock market because that's what's exciting. And I think that's what fuckboys provide. You put more investment into them, but then you see those high returns. They spike, but they also crash. I think it also comes down to like where you are in dating though. Like I know when I was in this situation, my best friend was like, do you really want a relationship? Because all your actions are not pointing to that. Like you wouldn't be with this person. And I think sometimes you just have to go through it. Like I wish Mm -hmm. my situation was like three months, not almost two years. That is like my one regret, but I'm glad I went through it because I would never tolerate that anymore. It's yeah. just like if someone was like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to be in a relationship with you either. Like there's no way I would do that again ever. Yeah. Yeah. And if so if anyone's out there going through it right now, like the, I thought there was never going to be a light on the tunnel. I thought I'd never get over <laughs> like two of these. And then you do. And you yeah. learn so much. That is the silver lining. Well, you learn you can't yeah. change someone. I think that's the biggest thing that has been learned is like I thought I would I would win him over and I would make him do something that he didn't want to do. And I'd win. The winning is really the detriment. We have to remember that fuckboys are fuckboys because we let them be fuckboys. I can guarantee you that our boyfriends have been fuckboys at some point in their life to other women. And if we allow them to be fuckboys, they will be. So I think that's also the it's on us. We can't tolerate this behavior. And when you see it, you call it out and then you say no to it. 
Well, that goes to the earlier one being like the cool girl. Like if you don't have any like expectations of someone, they're gonna. It's just like human nature to do the bare minimum to get what you want. For sure. I like how. So I, I think this is a good way to get into takeaways because、mm-hmm. I liked how in one of the interviews that you two did. Um, you talk about dating as if you're going to a random friend's birthday party, and I really love that mindset because it keeps you open and it keeps you stop thinking about focusing on like a romantic connection. It's more about these humans, and I also really appreciate the fact that you talked about these women, these men that you went on dates with as humans and not like date number five or bachelor number six. They they are humans, so I really. That's one huge takeaway for anyone who's struggling right now with dating fatigue: is that you, if you keep an open mindset and you keep being curious about the humans that you're meeting, you're guaranteed to have a really good time. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a romantic connection, but you're going to learn a lot. I also learned that、um, we need to stop looking and start feeling. And I always say this: like I hate saying. Looking for love, because how do you know what you're really looking for? And what you were saying, Kimmy, too, is like with a checklist. How can you really <laughs> put into words what is the per- who is the perfect person for you? you? Can't. But we can feel things. So how does this date make me feel? How did how does he make me feel when he says this or does this? So we need to just keep feeling and stop looking. And the third takeaway I have is CGS, cool girl syndrome. You know, like restless leg syndrome. They'll be like, your symptoms are you feel <laughs> fatigued and you can't stop moving your legs. If you feel that you have symptoms of CGS coming on, <laughs> you need to stop right there and give yourself a dose of your own medication and say, I need to stop with this. CGS will always hurt you. You'll always end up not. Being fulfilled because you don't voice your needs, you're actually putting your deprioritizing your needs for your partner before they even do it. So if you're experiencing CGS, <laughs> just catch your symptoms there and just fix it, like right、yeah. away. I think my biggest takeaways is, I mean. Sometimes it's hard because we don't talk about this stuff like out in the open. Like we talk about our shitty situations, but we don't talk about like why they're happening and the deeper reasons for like the psychology that makes us stay in bad situations or it makes us not be afraid to ask for certain things. And I think there's something about hearing that it's not just you and that other people go through this and that it's normal in a way that like you can break out of it. Like this isn't something that you're set in forever. And re- also really seeing where it comes from. Like recognizing that it was a lot of the stuff that we were spoon fed from an early age, and kind of giving yourself a little grace on it that you can like move past that. And I think just also having like empathy for the other people, the other sexes, whoever else you're dating, that they're going through similar things too. It might not be identical to what you're doing, but this isn't just like a you're not the only person that's feeling this way. I think is the best way to put it. And sometimes you just have to go through a. Bad experience to learn 
what you won't stand for. I think it becomes problematic when you're just repeating the same things over and over again. Like we talked about if Kimmy, you went on 51 first dates and you never like reflected on them, then you might not have really shifted those patterns. But as long as you're like becoming aware and making changes, that's the best thing that you can be doing. And it's not like there's an end game of I must be in a relationship or I must must be married. It's like, how do I feel confident with myself? And I, Mm. you know, stand for behavior that makes me feel good. And I treat myself with love and respect and not take shit, basically. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Don't take shit from anyone. (laughs) Even me when I shit on Florida. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Any other pieces of advice for any of the daters out there or people in relationships who are having a hard time voicing their needs? I mean, for the daters, I always like to just remind people that it should be kind of fun. And, you know, you talked about this, too, about uh, the, the birthday party thing of, like, go to it. Just everyone is interesting. Every single person has something interesting. And if you treat a date as an opportunity to get to, like, uncover the interesting thing about the person, even if it's, like, even if you show up and they seem like the most boring person on earth, it's like there's something going on there. And it's a... To me, I mean, like, I'm like, a, a, I love talking and I love other humans. So I love trying to, like, pull someone's personality out and figure out what they're about. Um, and I think that if you can approach it as a fun, a fun opportunity, um, it will be less scary. I'm not saying there will never be feelings and never be, like, bad moments, but it will be, it will be more exciting, I think. Um, I think you can, like make dating fun but you don't have to make it a crazy project and you definitely don't have to do a podcast about it but like have a friend to support you through it don't hold you hold you accountable if that's what you want but like I'm so grateful without Liza without the podcast I would have easily lost steam and also it's okay to lose steam and stop dating we used to do a thing right after my first impression of the date we'd call it a taxi cab confession and I'd record a voice note on my way home from the date um oh that's smart yeah, and yeah. We, so actually our our most recent dater Olivia her and her friends were listening to the podcast regularly and sending each other their own taxi cab confessions and that's when like she sent us one and we were like we just connected and we asked her if she wanted to come on eventually but and I would also just say I was thinking more because I was drew a blank when you asked for advice I think like baby steps if you're if it's about like speaking up for yourself more and remembering that you don't have to wait till you're treated like shit to speak up or like test out that muscle you can do it like if you had a good first date like this was big Liza was like I feel like we both talked about this but Liza really encouraged me to like ask dudes out on second dates if I felt like it went well so did my therapist I think and (laughs) Even that tiny moment of just, you know, I think this date went well, so I'm going to send a text just floating out like, hey, do you want to hang out again sometime? Like that was a a one tiny way of speaking up for myself that I sadly had never done before. Even if I had a great first date, I was just waiting, waiting, waiting. So that's my thought. I love that. It could even be something so simple. Like I had a good time. Like you can Mm -hmm. take like really small baby steps with that. I think another final takeaway I had that Liza, you reminded me of, it's like, this doesn't stop with dating. Like this is yourself. Like this is something that's going to be like a muscle that you need to work in all types of relationships, whether that's romantic, friendships, family, like work. Like this is just being real and authentic. And I think it's not being afraid to say things, but learning how to say things in a way that brings you closer to people and not just make you resentful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can even take a step back from dating and just go to a restaurant if you get food that's a little salty. 
ask for them to take it back. How many times have you gone to a restaurant, didn't get the meal that you wanted and still pay for it and didn't say anything? I think it is our right to, to start defining what we like and our preferences and to ask for that, ask for exactly that. That's, that's how I've been practicing, at least in my own personal life. I'm just being really annoying with that. I was going to say, I've never had that issue with restaurants. <laughs> what? You've never had a rest? Uh, you've never had a meal where you're like, I didn't like this? I wasn't Yeah, but satisfied. I mean, I would send it back. I've never oh, yeah, had yeah, an yeah, issue yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. like biting my tongue with it. But yet with dating, for whatever reason, I like always bit my tongue. So I think it could be even the most like outspoken people can still have trouble when it comes to romantic relationships with this. Totally. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Liza and Kimmy, for coming on our show. Thanks for having us on your show. It's so much fun sharing these learnings and talking about the big J. Ah, the journey. <laughs> yeah. <We're> all- um, <laughs> journey. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having us. Um, it's been so fun to talk to you. And for anybody who wants to catch up on all these episodes that they reference, you can find 51 First Dates on anywhere that you can consume podcasts, basically. If you liked Kimmy and Liza and you want to also help us get more guests like Kimmy and Liza, remember to leave us a rating and review. Only takes two seconds to leave that rating and it goes such a long way. For both of our podcasts, please. Just do it all in one. Yeah. Just smash that like. In one sitting. It's such a weird system. but It really, really helps. helps. Thanks again. And we're going to wrap this up. Stay Stay Ooh. Harmonizing at its best. (laughs) The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag StayDateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Stay dateable.